welcome to Bald Move Television, the officially unofficial place for all of TV. I'm your host, Cecily. I'm your co-host, Alexis. And today we're talking about episode seven of His Dark Materials. The fight to the death. The fight to the death. Thank it you. It is called Mortal Kombat in the book. Oh, really? So I understand why they changed that. <laughs> With a K or a C? With a C, sadly. Okay, good. But sadly. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the episode? I think that they are doing the best they can with what they have, <laughs> budget-wise and also TV rating-wise. Yeah, what? There that's my question. Moments, what do they have? Yeah, there are some moments left a little bit to be desired, but I overall had a good feeling. How about you? What did you think? Yeah, I think I, um, I think I definitely instinctively liked the episode, mm-hmm. but I, I try not to... I say I try not to, even though it's it's our job here, right? Mm-hmm. Try not to peer too hard at the cracks. Right. There are um, some things that you know just leave uh, leave a lot on the table, like the end of the bear fight could have mm-hmm. been a lot better, mm-hmm. um, or just visible. <laughs> <laughs> it it just I think we were wondering what who who was the show made for. Mm-hmm. With the TV 14 rating, I'm not sure that I'm not sure what that even means. Why did they get that rating? Just because there was implied violence, maybe some blood. But then you get that kind of rating and you pull back anyway. Mm-hmm. You do have to pull your punches a little bit. It's, you know, the source material is YA. So maybe they had that in their minds going in. Yeah, I mean, it honestly feels like they just have a they just have a lot of cooks in the kitchen. I'm wondering if maybe these two studios working together wasn't the best idea, because it's got the look and feel of something very HBO. Mm-hmm. When like Mrs. Coulter does this in this opening scene, she does this scream right. that's played over music. That's such an HBO thing, but you have these, but you also have someone playing to children in the audience mm-hmm. which maybe isn't exactly what a coming of tale or coming of age tale is supposed to do um but like i said i instinctively like the episode i i like what everyone's doing here and it's it's fun to look at it's beautiful definitely i do grow tired occasionally of blue shows but maybe there will be a palette change in the next season without saying too much. Yeah. <laughs> Once they step through the Aurora or whatever, that's got a lot of colors in it. Yeah. If that's what happens. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Weird. Uh, do you want to just get right into the episode? Yeah, let's do it. Housekeeping. This housekeeping is all about saying Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. First off, Merry Christmas because we're right in the middle of our Mary McAllister McLeanmas 2 Christmas Harder celebrations. Last week, of course, we took in Larry the Cable Guy's misguided sequel to the Arnold Schwarzenegger flop, Jingle All the Way 2. Again, much like Home Alone 2 before it, the video podcast on this one is a must-see and exclusive to club members. This week, it's Die Hard 2's turn for the treatment. Bruce Willis trades in his white wife beater for a cozy Christmas sweater as all hell breaks loose at Dulles International Airport. In the immortal words of Ace News reporter Richard Thornburg's producer, Dick, this is nuts! We get a live watch, a podcast, and a video podcast dropping this Wednesday. Next week, it's Christmas, and on Christmas Eve, we'll drop one last gift podcast for our club members, a podcast for a beloved Christmas classic. I won't spoil the surprise. You're just going to have to wait for Santa. 
And we're also wrapping up a lot of things this week. Watchmen, put to bed. Mr. Robot, staying up past its bedtime with a double episode next weekend, which we'll cover after Christmas. Cecily and Alexis are wrapping up his Dark Materials the day after Christmas because what can I say? They just love you all that much. Jim and I will be watching a lot of Expanse over the break so we can come back and talk it up in the new year. Speaking of, our early lineup for 2020 looks like it's going to have a lot of Picard, the new Pope, and Better Call Saul in it. And of course, somewhere out there, Westworld Season 2 awaits with Aaron Paul. I'm excited, but before all that, we're taking a week or so off to celebrate with our friends and family. So in conclusion, have a very Merry Christmas, a very Happy Holidays, and a wonderful New Year. So we open with uh, Mrs. Coulter looking at the wreckage of her machine and the monkey comes and finds her and then she turns towards the camera and lets out this terrifying scream. Like I said, it's always, uh, it's always really cool and kind of gross, but really cool when you see like the string of spit blowing in their (laughs) scream wind, you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Mm, Mouth stuff. Mouth stuff. Okay. This has nothing to do with anything, but can we talk just for a second about Mouth stuff? Mm, mouth stuff. No. <laughs> no. I will not I will not go there Don't. this early. No, I when did we suddenly make the decision that we could see people actually throwing up and see the vomit on the floor in shows and movies and stuff? Are you against it? I'm a little yucked by it. I'm not gonna lie. It's not great. You know, I think we used to do a thing where you could hear it. Mm-hmm. Like you someone you yeah, see you a face a in a splash, toilet and you hear right. a splash. But now you've gone to like seeing things. And I think I prefer seeing it to hearing it. Really? Yeah. Oh, you nasty. <laughs> <laughs> You're a dirty bird. I don't know. That's oh, just something. I I, it's that something that's you. just so, I don't know. It really speaks to me. It's so realistic. It's like, very visceral. Nothing... Yeah. Which I think yeah. Is when the you point. see someone throw up and then there's no like residue or anything, mm-hmm. you, it, I don't know. Or I'm against people glamorizing throwing up. It's gross. <laughs> it's horrible. It hurts. It does. Yeah. I always, like, sob violently when I throw up. Nobody recovers from that nicely, except for your husband, apparently. <laughs> There's a story about him, like, uh, that he just told on lunch a few weeks ago about how he was uh, out on his 30th birthday, and he was walking with his friends, and he drank too much. Oh, And he was right. like, well, I've got to throw up, and he just threw up in the bushes and then and kept, kept walking. Going. Yeah, that's that's very Jim. So, yeah, maybe he's one of those people who likes to hear it. I don't know what the moral of that story is. I don't know. Sorry. Yeah, that was a crazy tangent. I just... Yeah, nice digression. It never never happened, and then all of a sudden it happened in everything. Yeah. I was just thinking about that. Okay, anyway. Who throws up in this episode? Nobody, but we were talking about mouth stuff and how... And I was thinking about how yucky spit is. That made me think Mm. how yucky barf is. (laughs) And it's just a whole thing. Anyway. It's a whole thing. This is why this podcast is marked explicit. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I so- wanted to, to, just real quick too. Hey, another digression. The Her monkey is doing this thing in the scene where he keeps uh, checking her face. Mm-hmm. And it's like he's trying to take her, her mood temperature. Mm-hmm. And that is like classic abuse victim behavior. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But now we can move on. <laughs> Um, Mrs. Coulter walks outside and finds the nurse who's had her demon cut away on her knees in the snow and she's asking about Lyra. But since Lyra gave a false name when she arrived, she the nurse doesn't know who she is. 
Um, and then Mrs. Coulter strangles the woman, but doesn't kill her. Yeah. Almost she, kills her. And mm-hmm. then she's like, shh, shh, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. This poor, this poor woman who has had part of her soul, you know, separated from her. And I guess she's the only one in the facility who's like that. I thought they were all like that. But the show is saying that yeah. she's the only one because she's the only one who stayed behind. But she obviously is not in possession of all of her faculties. Right. And she, she straight up says, what can I do? I, I just want to help you. And Mrs. Coulter is like, oh, I'm okay, cool. I'm going to take out my shit on you and <laughs> yeah. strangle you half to death. Oh, my God. Awful. Yeah, it's insane. But person. I'm thinking that maybe it would have been the more merciful thing to do. Because unless Mrs. Coulter takes her with her. Mm-hmm. The woman's gonna die in the snow, right? Yeah, unless she like slowly dies and her painfully to the hangar, right? I mean, if she tries to walk anywhere; she's not gonna make it. Mm-hmm. She doesn't even know to walk anywhere is the problem. Yeah, Oof. yeah, it's rough. Yeah, that's the kind of darkness you'd expect from the show. <laughs> it's got it's in the title, man. Yeah, and she and they have that the thing where they they CGI'd the shine out of the eyes again. Mm-hmm. It's very anime. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the next scene we see Lyra somehow survive this fall out of the balloon. She's holding her, her ribs and that never comes back. So that's cool. No, no, she's good. Um, well, the good thing is she narrowly missed all of these long rock walls. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how far, how high up they were. Not sure. I'm not sure that Lee Scoresby is a good aeronaut <laughs> because... Um, yeah, I was going to wait, but I'm just going to ask you right up front here. Why did he crash? Why did Yorick and Roger fall out separately? So Lyra accidentally fell out. Mm-hmm. What the fuck happened to everyone else? <laughs> Listen, it was it was dark. Ooh. It was foggy. There was there was Without stuff. a gun, he couldn't keep everyone. I mean, how did Yorick slip out of the hole that was left when Lyra slipped out? See, the, the gun is also a demon. And it holds the part of his it holds the part of his brain that knows how to pilot a balloon. Okay. I'm here I'm here with the answers for you. Okay. So then once Roger and Yorick <laughs> slips out of that hole in the floor, uh-huh. Lee Scoresby fucking crashes his balloon? Uh-huh. In a separate location. Okay. Okay, just checking. There should have been like a storm or something to make that more. Or you know the la- the battle we ended on, they could have shown like the cliff gas tearing up the balloon in a really mm-hmm. irreparable way. Yeah, that, I mean that would have taken two more seconds. It but it's have. just it was just very confusing to me. Every time we cut to our heroes, I'm like, oh, Roger and York, why are you out here? Mm-hmm. Lee Scoresby, I don't know, his balloon doesn't look that wrecked even. <laughs> right. There's no good answer for this in the book either. It's just kind of what happens. Yeah. And everybody's okay. Falling out of a balloon. No problem. Yep. Cliffs. They're good. NBD. That, snow, that powdery snow is just like a cushion to land in. Just mm, so soft. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get just a quick cut of Boreal returning to our world. Yeah. I don't know why this was here. I guess just to remind us that he exists and that he is there now. Yeah. Just to, just to break up the action here, I guess. Because Lyra is being escorted back to the Bear Kingdom, and this looks awesome. Yeah, it's such a metal entrance to the kingdom. It's a it's a fortress, and is it's what it is. It's covered in blood. Mm-hmm. Blood puddles everywhere. I was thinking, I, I was kind of thinking that maybe it they did this wide shot where you saw a lot more blood, and I thought maybe that 
there was going to be that's where the battles were outside mm-hmm. that bears fought often and for fun or pleasure of the magisterium or something really creepy like that but it right. seems like that's just where they killed animals Bear and dragon back yeah it looks like I a assume. walrus a walrus killing ground basically yeah uh so a lot of blood a lot mm-hmm. of blood yeah so all the blood that we were wondering where it was in the episodes prior here it is we found it it's here it was all here it's the here whole time. you know what would have been cool hmm. what if they had had the fight outside in the walrus killing grounds then we get all the blood too yep that's how it happens in the i'm book. just i'm just wondering what the difference <laughs> is between separating them like that yeah i i have a little bit of insight into that but we'll get there okay <laughs> so they lock lyra into a cell and she checks the alethiometer and sees that yorg is on his way to save her she is locked up with a gentleman called Jotham Santelia, mm-hmm. and he is, or was, a Regis professor of cosmology at the University of Gloucester. And Gloucester. And thanks to subtitles, I know how that's pronounced now, because I always <laughs> pronounced it at Gloucester in my head. Me too. And I know Brits are laughing at me right now. But, but I mean, is... Is there an Americanized way to say it? Is it I guess it would be or that, like but that? Like, th- we don't say aluminum. It's aluminum. No, because but we're we not also insane. don't say... Oh, now I'm, th- I'm trying to think of another place name in the UK that is spelled a different way. London. <laughs> <laughs> London. London. <laughs> uh, f- I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Wuthering Heights. That's all, that's all I got. Wuthering Heights. Good. <laughs> uh so oh we don't say yorkshire we say yorkshire 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 yeah yorkshire. yeah so why would we not pronounce it right i've already forgotten the the correct pronunciation turns out i didn't learn anything nope. thought i did nah nope still huge dumbass energy okay <laughs> <laughs> so this man is clearly losing his mind yes. like we are yes and he <laughs>, laughs when she tells him her name and tells her that even for the one of the untrickable polar bears which mm-hmm. now i'm thinking that they're just delusional uh was tricked by azriel into letting him return to his laboratory where mm-hmm. he's imprisoned there but has all the resources and everything he needs to continue his experiments on whatever he's doing right um and he believes they cannot escape because they're trapped by 200 bears and fire hurlers Mm-hmm. which would have been cool to see it would have been cool that was his so he's like explaining to her why yorick is super fucked when he gets there because he's like he's not even gonna make it to the gates they have fire hurlers there are 200 of these big bad boys yeah he's dead a, not 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 good odds i mean yorick kind of believed that too mm-hmm. he knew that if he ever came back here they'd kill him first before right. he could ever reach the gate and it said as much, I think. They did, yeah. Uh, so, we, yeah, we see Yorick foolishly running towards the <laughs> the bear kingdom. Does that have a name? Yeah, it's Svalbard. Is it Bearvanger? <laughs> Svalbard, yeah. Svalbard. Svalbard. <laughs> we, oh, before before this happens, I, I should mention Lyra has an aha moment. No. Yes, she has an aha moment yes. with regard to uh, what Yofer wants his motivations 
Yeah. So Jotham says that he was imprisoned because he told Yefer the hard truth that he will always be a bear. Mm-hmm. And that gives Lyra this idea, sparks this idea. Yeah, I was trying to remember if, because I know in the book there was mention of Yofer wanting a demon, like wanting so bad to be human that he also wanted a demon in like the very first scene of the scholars yes. meeting to give Azrael his funding or to decide whether to give Azrael his funding. Yeah. But I was trying to remember where in the show they'd mentioned that before, if they even had. Uh, Yeah, so that's a good reminder for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we see Boreal... In his car, watching a video of John Perry, and in the video, he says that he will be writing his family some truly epic letters. He's watching YouTube in his car. This is relatable content. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely done that before. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's the same press release, and yes, letters. Letters are happening. I don't know why we need even more motivation for him to break into this house. Like, we know it's going to happen. I guess maybe... We just need to know exactly how careful he is. So now he knows exactly what he's looking for when he gets in there. Exactly. It seems like they brought this actor back in just for a day of B-roll footage so that they could (laughs) have something to break up this action at the bears, at the bear, beardom. Yeah, I think so. Svalbard. Lyra is brought to Earfur, who's sitting on a throne because he thinks he's people. (laughs) He thinks he's people. He's surrounded by enormous whale bones. It's pretty cool. Uh, fuck the the throne of Valerian steel. This is a whale whale pelvis or whatever it is. Valerian whale. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> Valerian whale. Rib bones. Got those big old rib bones. Yeah. Uh, I love a ch- I love a big chair that can make me feel small. <laughs> it it takes a lot to make me feel small, and I like right. that feeling. <laughs> like it. Lyra tells Eafur that she is Yorick's demon, and he is incredulous to say the least. He demands that the other bears leave them alone, and she tells him that Mrs. Coulter creates demons for bears, not just cuts children away, mm-hmm. um, but didn't give him one, even though he wants one more than anything or anyone else has ever wanted a demon. She is really banking on him not knowing jack shit about demons here. Mm-hmm. It's a gamble that pays off, luckily. Right. That's the that's the Mrs. Coulter in her, mm-hmm. and she yeah, she's oh, accomplishing three things at once. Right, she's saving York's life, she's saving Azrael's life, in her mind, and she's also throwing Mrs. Coulter's influence away. Mm-hmm. I think the the moment that really crystallizes that idea that parallel between her and Mrs. Coulter is when she whispers in his ear. As he's trying to leave, yes. that was straight up Mrs. Gold. Yes. Or Ms. Yes, it was. That was very well done. It was. I like that. <clears throat> so, yeah, Lyra explains that if Eifer can defeat Yorick in single combat, then he will be able to inherit his demon and she can prove it with the alethiometer. Mm-hmm. What I like about these scenes and choices that Lyra makes is she uses... She uses the alethiometer purely for impossible knowledge, like to know if someone's on his, on their way to save her. But everything else she comes up with on her own. Right. And I just think that's really clever of her. At this point, we see that Lyra has become like a complete master with the alethiometer. Mm-hmm. It's she is freaking out because she has she's surrounded by these enormous bears and yet she still is able to slip into that mind state like. 
like putting on a sock or something like it's super easy yeah um, the series kind of explains or the the book series explains this away with like the witch's prophecy mm-hmm. and something else that i can't talk about because it's a spoiler but there are there are reasons for this okay though, though it seems it seems like a lot has happened <laughs> very quickly no, no no i think we're all here for the story of the girl who's special <laughs> um so as a test he asks her to tell him what the first creature he ever killed was mm-hmm. and she goes to a secret place pulls out the alethiometer and it tells her that it was his own father yep straight from the book this fool was a bear killer long before yorick was yeah but he he hit it yep just like a human and he agrees to fight yorick He's going to pretend like it was his idea, because of course he is. (laughs) Yeah. So then we go to Boreal as Charles Latrum, and he goes to Elaine's house while she's alone and invites himself in. Forces the door, which was like one of the scariest moments. Super scary. For me, just the way he does it. It's it's really well done, because it just brings all those feelings of like an intruder especially a male intruder. Right. And yeah. it gives you this place where you it puts you in this place where you don't want to be the one to act first cuz you know you're not going to win. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't done anything violent. Yeah, he just turned the door handle. Yeah. But it would have been locked if mm-hmm. you had gotten there first. Right. And now he's in your space and he can easily overpower you and, and he he pushes open the door. Yeah. Like he he does overpower her technically. Yeah. It's rough. That I just I remember having that like that feeling in the pit of my stomach, like, oh, yikes, scary. Very well done. Yeah, he's terrifying. So he gets in. Yeah, he gets in. So, And I thought he was going to go for maybe the playing up to her madness kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen people watching your house. They're not with me. You have right. to give me the letters and I'll get them to safety. Yeah. But uh, we see Will is... So we cut quickly to Will being at school so you know where he is during all of this. Mm-hmm. A boreal in the lounge. <laughs> Hints that maybe he's an intelligence officer and says that with the right information, they might be able to find John still alive. And he makes some kind of vague threats that I don't know that he can back up and flashes his demon at her. And yeah. I don't know if it's on purpose or an accident. That's a good question. She absolutely sees it. And he, he does try to kind of say that she didn't actually see it she tries to gaslight her a little bit i don't know yeah yeah he's like no you didn't that's it's on it's in your head yeah no snake and it's, it's a completely re- wild thing for you to think that you saw but yeah no it's not all right it's a re- really fucked up thing to do to someone who is already not all the way there mm-hmm. and i you know what i'm wondering if i can't tell that what boreal actually is either did he ever was he ever in the marines is he a part of mi6 is yeah. he you know spying on the other world but he actually belongs to this world he knows that know. all those things exist so that's something right he he is at least steeped enough in how this world this world works that he knows those things so he's definitely got a demon yeah so he's yeah. got to be from the other world no yeah yeah no he's absolutely from lyra's world but it seems like he's had a lot of involvement with this world too yeah we don't know how long he's been crossing over maybe he's been doing this for years right just kind of establishing this identity as charles latram yeah you can say uh 
I'm really worried that Elaine's going to be killed before the end of the season. Yeah. And that might be the kind of catalyst for Will to be pushed into action. But that's just speculation. Oh, that's right. This is book two stuff. So you wouldn't know. Yeah. Uh, I know the answer to this. (laughs) And I won't say it. You're welcome. Just wondering out loud. (laughs) Uh, Would you find that to be mildly interesting? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. I can't say. I know all the secrets. Uh, anyway, he he's not going to get his own hands dirty, of course. Right. So he sends in his cronies. Okay, so back in yeah. Lyra's world, she explains her ruse to Yorick mm-hmm. as he's heading into battle with Eifer. And although this would be kind of the time and the place to be wearing your armor, they have chosen to take it off. Yes. So there there is some... There is an explanation. Mm. I don't know if it's a good explanation, but Mm-mm. it's an explanation for this. They wanted to, they said they wanted to make the bears more like bears. They wanted to make them more animalistic. And but they wanted to make this fight more like, more ceremonial. And that's also why it's happening in the throne room. So you're say. saying that bears just will always be bears? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. It, that's it, an interesting and confusing message to send. And they also. <laughs> Are trying to say that Yofer would choose to not wear his armor as like a, but he doesn't want to be a bear. He like wants an to intimidation be thing. Yes, I agree with you. I th- I think he absolutely absolutely would wear his armor because no human would go into battle without their demon, their demon, their armor, their weapons, their all of it. soul. Yeah, the in- sea they swim in. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. In the books, they do wear their armor, and it's actually really cool because you can see them breaking their armor apart yeah. and as the armor falls away they do become more like bears they do yeah it is a breaking down of the the human element to reveal the bear instead of just straight going straight to revealing the bear also right, the way the f- that yorick the or the way that yorick beats yofer in the book is there is there is a uh, a flaw in his armor because he doesn't maintain it well enough because right. he's not acting like a bear right and that's what that's what gets his jaw, his like ding-dang jaw ripped Bjorn. off. <laughs> right, they're Panzerbjorn. They're not bears. Yeah. So I, I also, my hot take on this is that it was easier to animate the bears just being bears. It seems they like they, yeah, the it seems like they ran out of CG budget halfway through. It was a big fight. I, they're like, it must have can, been really hard to do. We can render some guys running around with bear heads, but we can't do it with armor on too. And then like, oh, well... We can do it without armor on, but only like halfway, and then maybe we'll just do like fuzzy shots, the voice but actors. focus on Lyra's face, and then just let people, I don't know. I don't know. if I'm very disappointed in how this bear fight goes. <laughs> the voice actors acted yeah. this fight out. They it wrestled. Was great. They actually the, wrestled. <laughs> I love their, their jiggly bear butts. It was so good. It was so good until it wasn't. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. my point. <laughs> nope, I hear you. I'm going to try not to harp on it too much. <laughs> uh, okay, so Lyra has to jump out of the way and almost gets hit by like a falling lantern. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ear 4 gets his cage rattled when he gets thrown against a wall and gets the upper hand on Yorick momentarily. He almost finishes Yorick off when uh, Ear 4 goes for his throat mm-hmm. and what looked like he was going to get him. Uh, Lyra runs to him and... <laughs> Eofor gives the obligatory bad guy speech. Right, of course. Uh, then uh, he realizes that Lyra was a liar because she's comforting e- Yorick. 
and he gets a second wind and attacks you for as we see it all play out on Lyra's face. Um, the other thing is they kind of played coy about who won. Shouldn't that have been a kind of a moment of triumph that after the battle is over, we hear the noises, the sounds of finality and someone dying mm-hmm. and then maybe cut to the winner and maybe the bears cheering or recognizing that winner. But then they go to this next scene and I don't even know if they knew they were playing coy about who won because you know she's tending to the wounds and and all you can see is polar bear flesh you don't know whose polar bear flesh it is right yeah um but it's yorick (laughs) yeah it it did weirdly rob the moment of a little bit of victory and also viscerality if that's a word of her like you said we see the final blow all of that, the violence of the end of that fight played out on her face. That's it. I I did like seeing her face react to it. I like that this is just like so fucking much. So Yorick uh, agrees to free Jotham from the dungeon and also renames her Lyra Silvertongue. Yep. And this is, I don't think this is much of a spoiler. Uh, this is the name that she will go by for the rest of her life. Okay. It's a good name. It's a good name, and I think it also lets her claim something other than her terrible parents. We we know now that Balakoa is Azrael's last name. Yeah. Which I'd never actually known before. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I don't know that it's ever, like, strictly mentioned in the book. I guess you just have to assume that that was his last name because... Right. Uh, yeah. If you, if you knew right up front that they had the same last name, you would assume their father and daughter but also not really because it's his he played it off like it was his brother's child so Mm -hmm. they would make sense they'd have the last name yeah the same uh so then we go to our world and elaine finds will at school and tells him about the men and the snake and that his father might still be alive um he believes her Mm -hmm. he's a good kid then we see Yorick addressing the bears and they decide to go back to their bear ways and start removing their armor or their helmets at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they're removing their gaudy ceremonial armor. They're going to go back to the good old sky iron. I didn't feel like they made that clear enough. They probably didn't. Yeah. <laughs> didn't. Make a whole thing about how these are armored bears and all we see in this episode is bears without armor right i think what's happening here is they're rejecting the magisterium's gift of this kind of armor and they want to go back to the traditional kind that yorg has or the self Mm -hmm. the individual bear made kind do they each have a different look to their armor well each bear makes his own armor so so they all look they're supposed to look different right Mm -hmm. uh yeah i'd like to see that (laughs) it's like a a fashion show of bears (laughs) (laughs) And their souls and what they look like. The grittiest fashion show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Yorick returns Lyra to Roger, who's hiding in a little cave. He very cutely exposits as they reunite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she checks the alethiometer to find where Lee is. And he crashed, but is safe. And also sees that Coulter is hot on their trail. And the three of them agree to set out to find Azrael. 
Yep. Um, at the Magisterium, everyone is being rounded up to head north. And in the north, Mrs. Coulter finds Father McPhail. And he drops some knowledge on her that Asriel was doing whatever he wants. And York has taken over and killed Eifer, mm-hmm. which is a shock to her. She's kind of losing everything in this moment. Yeah, she she's all about control and she is losing it left mm-hmm. and right. Yeah, so she... Good. Uh, she just tries to she tries to talk McPhail into letting her come along, and the only thing she really has to offer is some kind of psychosexual game that they're playing. I would, thought this little this little part of the scene was actually kind of hot. I yeah, was, I was into it. It was super hot, but yeah. it's like she, the, he's already rejected her before when she's done this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So she's really laying it all on the table. Yeah, now she's she's taking a different tact. She's like, oh, I I am also dedicated to the authority and the magisterium yeah cool um and he cool says energy you got there. <laughs> <laughs> he says that asriel needs to die so i guess that's a yes i guess so she never <laughs> she never says specifically that she will do it so she's leaving herself a little wiggle room mm-hmm. but that is the understanding moving forward so that if you want to Keep being part of this. Get whatever you want. Then Azrael has to die. <laughs> yeah. Um. Back in our world, Elaine and Will see that the house has been raided and they flee. Mm-hmm. He tells her that he believes her and drops her off at the his boxing teacher's house. Yeah. It's the most sensible thing he could have done in the moment. Yeah. Um. It's really sad it's really sad that they don't have any friends or family to speak of. Yeah, they're very isolated. I don't know what the story is there as far as other family goes, but obviously there is nobody. Right. You have to lean on your, your wrestling coach. Yeah. Yeah. And Wrestling? No, not wrestling. Is it boxing. Wrestling? Boxing. Boxing? Wrestling? Boxing, definitely. Sorry. <laughs> um, Will hugs her and she tells him to go find the letters why didn't he just why didn't they just grab the letters before they left while they were there they were afraid that somebody was still, was still there, in the I house think. yeah yeah i think it's... they even said that oh, okay um at lee scoresby's crash site <laughs> seraphina pecola shows up to help kind of i don't know what she's gonna do just help motivate him. You got this, buddy. <laughs> Basically just bringing his gun back here. Yeah. It seems like you lost your ability to pilot. Here's your... Here's your demon gun yep. back. <laughs> <laughs> he knows that everyone survived and that he has more work to do. Um, she, talks a, she talks about fate and destiny and all of that stuff again. And Lee believes that Lyra needs them all for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will, in our world, returns home, finds a letter, still under the sewing machine. We see Yorick, Lyra, and Roger get within spitting distance of Asriel. He skipped over the double barrel bear ride. How could you? Did I? Yeah. These two kids having the time of their fucking lives on the back <laughs> of this polar bear. And then we cut to Will being like tested in one of the... Biggest ways he'll ever be tested. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun parallel. <laughs> Juxtaposition. Right. Um, Coulter 
gets her very own evil walk-in stare moment as the magisterium goons are preparing their heavy weaponry. Yep. Um, Will is at his house and he's packing up his bag and he hears someone arrive. The The pale man gets a name. His name is Thomas. Mm-hmm. That's what the subtitles told me. Right. And the hired gun is still just that. It's a hired gun. Does he have a name? Who cares? It doesn't matter. Uh, Will puts a belt on his hand and he's ready to fight. And we know he's taking boxing lessons, so I was ready to see him kick some ass. In his, in his defense, he did hit the guy, but the cat gets a lot of credit, too. Yeah, the fucking cat murders <laughs> him. Fucking cat <laughs> trips right over that thing, right over the banister. Yeah. Looks pretty dead Looks pretty disco. dead. Yeah. Pretty dead. Pretty dead. Uh, Will flees into the night. Yup. Um, he does. He makes it back to his coach's house. Yeah, but it seems like he's not quite ready to face that very awkward situation yet. Yeah, so he turns away. Elaine is watching for Will, and she just barely misses seeing him. Mm-hmm. So, I wonder if he thinks because he killed that guy, he needs to be on the run now, which it's is possible. a shame. Yeah. Um, uh, but he knows his mom's safe there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lyra's gang arrive at Asriel's palace. <laughs> his, <laughs> his laboratory dungeon, palace. His yeah. dungeon laboratory. Uh, York says that he will remain close by outside. And Roger and Lyra hug each other and research each other. the light of the aurora. Very cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they knock on the door and Thorold opens it and lets them in. Mm-hmm. And he's he's more welcoming. I couldn't figure out how these two knew each other, but I guess Thorold. I assumed he was like a re- research assistant or something for Azrael, but he's actually his manservant. So, yeah. So I guess certainly one of the visits to Jordan College, he's been met. with him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Azrael sees Lyra and just fucking loses it. Yeah. Very interesting reaction. He tells her to leave because he did not send for her, and he tries to kick her out. But Stelmaria stops him when they see Roger is there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Asriel asks Thorold to prepare the children a hot bath and some food. He's changed his mind. They get to stay. And he tells Roger that he's very glad he came. And he stares at him like a cartoon dog looking at a steak. <laughs> looking at a steak, yeah. Why is it bad that Lyra came? But great that she didn't come alone. Right. Once again, what's good for other kids is bad right. for her. Did they do a good job setting this up? I don't Maybe. know. What are they setting up? What are well, they setting up? <laughs> find out next week. <laughs> uh, so. This, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to make of this, but it, nothing good. Mm-hmm. Nothing good's going to come of that. That's it's the episode. Very ominous. Yep, that's the last scene of the episode. Uh, in the next episode, The Betrayal is mm-hmm. the name of it. And we'll be seeing the showdown between the Magisterium and everyone opposing it. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Cool. They've already been greenlit for a second season, right? Yeah. So you and I will definitely be back to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll be back next week to talk about the next episode. But we'll this a, it'll is be a, a Christmas miracle. <laughs> yeah. Post Christmas miracle. Post-Christmas You're miracle. welcome. I'm going to be watching this show and taking notes on it on Christmas Day. I hope you people are happy. On Christmas Day. It's Wednesday, right? You could do it on Tuesday. Oh, but I have to stay up late. Christmas Eve. 
I say as though I didn't stay up till midnight <laughs> last night. Yeah. But anyway, it's a now. Christmas miracle. But anyway, yes, there will be an episode next week. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I have anything else really to say about the episode. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. There were some spoilery things, but like they're actual spoilers for coming seasons. Hopefully seasons will be plural, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized I've been talking as though there will only be two seasons, but that's not two seasons have been greenlit. That's all. Right. So there there could be a third season. There could be more. I mean, I guess we'll see how far they get in the story next <laughs> <Right>. season. <laughs> Seems crazy to me. But. Yeah. Anything could happen. Anything. Mm-hmm. Anything. Uh, I just realized that we don't even have feedback this week. What? Yeah. I didn't have any emails this week. Oh, man. I know. We are podcasting into the void. <laughs> I feel like the closer we get to Christmas, the less people are interested in um, engaging in anything. I, I don't know. Negative? Dare I say it? <laughs> that I, I'm still enjoying the episode. and Not the episode. The season. I'm mm-hmm. still enjoying the season. I just don't feel like a lot of other people are. I We've talked extensively at this point about this show's problems with its audience and not knowing exactly who it is playing to. I think that might be part of it. Uh, this is also kind of a weird story that not everybody was into, even at the time that it first came out. Like, I, I think I talked about how all my friends were able and willing to talk about Harry Potter, but fucking nobody wanted to chat with me about his dark materials. They didn't nope. even know what it was. Nope. Too depressing. Too <laughs> weird and religious <laughs> and depressing. So yeah. I, we could be seeing some of that again here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's Not sure. It's a... Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes. <laughs> I'll be very sad if they aren't able to complete the series again if we get another failed adaptation yeah or incomplete adaptation right (sighs) that stink yeah especially with the great cast that they've got going on here um yeah and they are i feel like doing their best with what they have for Mm -hmm. sure there are moments that they drop the ball a little bit but overall i've i've felt pretty good about this season it has gotten darker as it progresses but the story has gotten darker too so like what the fuck do you want? Right. I mean, you can. It feels like you can see people actively learning while they're going along. Mm-hmm. Like Lin Manuel's performance was so fucking over the top, <laughs> but now it's just he's he's it's it's him in a darker atmosphere as they, we progress, and that works. Yeah, I didn't see, to see people actively change. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't talk about it in the last episode, but that the him screaming Lyra's name as she falls out of the balloon yeah. in the last episode was really good. So raw. Yeah. I got to hear it in the, you know, like the recap before this one. Yeah, yeah, that's what made me think of it. It was good. Mm -hmm. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I guess that's all we've got. That's all we've got this week. Short episode. Short episode. But uh, yeah, so next week is Christmas, so we won't be releasing on time, but we will be releasing uh, Thursday or Friday of next week. So building in some wiggle room there. Yeah. I <laughs> see what you did. So uh still it still counts as a Christmas miracle and mm-hmm. it's still what would that be? It's still Hanukkah, so it could be your Hanukkah present too. Oh, you know, whatever whatever your persuasion is, 
it's still a gift that we bestow onto you. It's still work that we're doing on the week of Christmas. Exactly. The holiday that we celebrate. So you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, we everyone have a good Christmas and yeah. we will see you next week. I'm your host, Cecily. I am your co-host, Alexis. Merry Festivus. Merry Festivus.